Health is wealth. Natural medicine, natural solutions. Health is wealth with Dr. Mike on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and this is Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike Carozza. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. Good morning, Dr. Mike. Good morning, Tina. Can we begin today with getting your take on the daily increase we're seeing of COVID-19? It certainly seems to be creeping up just a little bit at a time. Yes, um, Tina, I mean, we've we've actually expected that this would happen. Um, you know, there's a couple of reasons for it. Uh, the number one, obviously, things are loosening up in terms of what we're you know, we're trying to get back and become a little bit more social. Events are happening. Um, and with this in place, um, obviously, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of increase in the outbreaks. But I also, I also mentioned, mentioned, mentioned that more testing is readily available now than ever before. So the numbers are going up, but also more people are getting tested. Absolutely. And I think we have to look at, you know, the time of year as well. Earlier this week, many across the province started school. Here in York Region, there was a bit of a staggered start on Thursday and Friday. How are your kids heading back into the classroom? Well, yeah, we definitely made that decision and we uh, decided to send our children. I think it's actually very important for children to get back into school. We mentioned this in our previous segments. I think you know, my take on it is, you know, I, I love what the um, the school boards are doing to, inst- you know, de- definitely instill the, the safety and the health of our children. So we're not just throwing them all, you know, to the lions. Uh, I think it's a, it's a staggered situation. We're doing it quite slowly. Um, and, and we're going to see how things go. So, but the fact remains is, uh, you know, my kids are happy. My kids are really excited. They're going back to school. And I never thought, <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day for children, especially <laughs> as young as my kids, to be to be just begging to get back to school. It's a it's a it's a sight uh, for sore eyes, and I'm extremely excited that I was able to uh, to feel that and 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 just their their level of uh, of anxiety wasn't as bad as I anticipated. I thought, and initially, you know, um, and, and some of the parents as well. I think, uh, you know, they understand that they made this decision, and you have to just trust into the system, into the process. And understand that this is something that is necessary for our children. I mean, they got to get a better education. They can't just sit in front of a computer. And, you know, their minds have to really uh, develop. And so they have to be amongst other kids. And, you know what, the sterilization, the proper hand sanitization, the proper cleanliness, I think this is something that always needed to be here. And it's finally here, and I think that's actually a good thing. And I think uh, there's going to be less illnesses, especially in the school setting, so as long as everybody does their part, Tina. You know, us as parents have to have to do our part to make sure that our kids are, are healthy before we're just shipping them off to school, as opposed to just dropping them off and saying, no, it's too bad, you're, you're, you're okay, I'm going to go to work today. I, I don't have anybody to cover my shift. So I think these are some of the things. So I think everybody has to play a role in our community and that's how we're going to keep these numbers and keep everything down and, and get our kids um, off, uh, off the school so they can learn. And at this time of year, while there is a change in temperature, we still have the luxury of being outdoors. Do you think we should really take advantage of those opportunities to be out and about? And will it perhaps slow down the spread, do you think? That is a great uh, question. Um, we have to, as um, 
as humans, we have to be outside as much as possible. Now, as the temperatures drop, actually, I looked at the forecast in the next 10 days. It looks amazing. And so as long as the sun is shining, obviously, you know, you know, there are, there are going to be some dips. You know, it's going to go down at night. But we still got daytime. Um, you know, I think uh, it's going to be important to still get the kids out and try to get outside as much as possible. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have this, um, you know, this wonderful summer that, uh, that has been anticipated in terms of it being not as cold, uh, sorry, this fall to be not as cool as, um, and, and to follow suit in terms of the, the wonderful summer that we had. So I believe our September is going to be one of the greatest ones that we've seen. So, you know, we, we might get some good days, right? So as long as it's in the 20s and it's, the sun is shining, Tina, I think, you know, we still need to do our best, bring our kids outside, especially doing activities and sports and, and keeping outside as much as possible because that is the best place and the safest place. Because let's face it, Tina, I mean, when, when November comes, you know, you know where we're all going to be inside, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So we might as well take advantage now while we have the opportunity, right? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. After the break, how will COVID-19 affect the coming cold and flu season? This is Health is Wealth on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Mike? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. More with Dr. Mike and Health is Wealth when we come back. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to Health is Wealth. I'm Tina Cortez, and over to Dr. Mike with today's guest. Well, thank you, Tina. Joining us again uh, back on the show on Health is Wealth is Dr. Ryan Shakitano. He works with me at AppleMed. Uh, he's an naturopathic doctor like myself, and he's a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Dr. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Mike. Thank you, Tina, for having me. Um, well, this is a big week, uh, Dr. Ryan. I mean, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of starts to a lot of things this week. I mean, obviously, the most important one is the kids started back at school. Um, for those of uh, for those of, those of us who have kids, are dropping them off, and then uh, for those of us who don't have kids, you know, there's a lot of uh, sports uh, starting as well. So it's uh, it's the fantasy football, uh, the beginning of fantasy football as well, which is a which is a big one. Uh, I know you're a fan as well, and so am I. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a big fan of sports for a number of different reasons, and we uh, we both got our fantasy football drafts going, so it's been exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and in terms of uh, that's something that we can keep distant and uh, it's easy. But I mean, in terms of the kids, um, you know, back to school is pretty much uh, underway uh, for most uh, students and most Ontario students. We want to talk about, you know, we know about the mask wearing, we know about staying healthy and washing our hands and uh, in terms of, you know, from a naturopathic standpoint, in terms of prevention, I want to talk about a key, uh, a couple of key vitamins. There's, uh, there's zinc and vitamin D that are, I know you're a big fan of, especially vitamin D. Maybe we can just talk a little bit about that and how it's going to be important. You know, first off, cold and flu season, I mean, we're pretty much on board with this already. I mean, in terms of COVID, it's nothing new to us in terms of the research and the science behind uh, the effectiveness. But, I mean, what, what do you think and what are your thoughts on, um, on the kids and getting them back to school and, and giving them the right nutrients like that? Yeah, vitamin D and zinc are, like you said, two of my favorites. Uh, vitamin D, as kind of a side note, in practice, in all my years of practice, I haven't seen an autoimmune case where vitamin D is optimal. It's always suboptimal. And in autoimmune cases, 
what's essentially happening is the body is failing to identify self versus non-self. So being able to see, okay, this is my self versus this is a virus, this is a bacteria, or whatever the case might be. So if vitamin D is now telling our immune system what to attack and not to attack, uh, that sounds pretty important to me, I would say, right? So that's one of the reasons I absolutely love vitamin D. It helps in regulating inflammation, um, and it helps in kind of having the immune system know what to go after and what not to go after. So incredibly important um, from that perspective. And then zinc you also mentioned, um, which is another great supplement. Again, both of these are very cost-effective, which is great as well. Um, but zinc is, it does a number of amazing things, helping to regulate the gut, which I'm sure you've talked about on the show quite a bit um, in, in regulating the immune system. But zinc as well, one of the cool things that it does is it helps our macrophages be ready to respond. And macrophages are sort of that immune cell that's first on the scene. It's the one that when your body sees something, it says, okay, let's send the macrophages out there, see what's going on. And if the macrophages are ready to go, that can kind of help, um, one, regulate the immune response, but two, prevent a virus or bacteria from proliferating or multiplying in the first place. So, Dr. Ryan, are you suggesting that vitamin D and zinc could be taken as preventative measures? And can anyone take it? Is for is it for adults and for children? It's a fantastic question. Vitamin D, I'll touch on first, uh, because there is the potential for toxicity with vitamin D. It is a fat soluble vitamin, so there is the potential for it to accumulate in the body over time. So, the only true way to know if you were to be overdosing on vitamin D is to have your blood levels checked and to kind of dose accordingly. At a standard 1,000 IU dose per day for most people, kids might be a little bit less, but at a standard dosage, depending on your age, generally you are fine, but I do encourage people to test their vitamin D um, and dose accordingly, but as a preventative, it is incredible. Uh, zinc is also great as a preventative, but can be used acutely as well, um, and there's research showing when there are colds and flus at the onset, if you do take zinc, there is more of a quicker response and quicker time to getting back to normal, let's say, when you do take zinc at the first onset of a cold, let's say. So that's all wonderful because, you know, zinc has been quite popular in the media, I'd say, in the last few months. Um, it's been very, uh, very popular because of the fact of what you just mentioned, Dr. Ryan, about this first on the scene and how it sort of helps and the specific dosages that would be necessary. But there's also side effects for taking any of these vitamins. So, of course, just for our listeners, you know, just talk to your doctor about whenever you're taking or your healthcare professional before just going out and taking these things and thinking that you're, you're good to go. Because, you know, just like Dr. Ryan mentioned, we're testing all our patients in our office now that are coming in. We're just doing vitamin D checks because we think it's absolutely amazing. It's very important, and we want to make sure we get to that therapeutic dose, number one. Number two, there's also a quick test, and I want to tell our listeners that there's a really quick test to test your zinc. It's called a zinc tally. It's an oral challenge. So basically, interestingly, it, uh, different individuals will absorb zinc from different ways depending on your foods. So depending on how much sort of foods and, and different types of foods and nutrients that you're consuming, but it also goes um, the other way. There's a huge deficiency today that we're seeing in a lot of individuals. And so a simple challenge, it's called an oral zinc challenge. You can Google it, look it up. Really what it means is that you get a liquid zinc. You uh, just take about um, a tablespoon and or just a little bit more in the tablespoon uh, and you just rinse it, swish it in your mouth and you count 10 seconds. If, and zinc actually has a metallic taste. 
So if you taste that before the 10 seconds are up, that means your stores in zinc are sufficient. But if it just swishes around in your mouth and you feel like it tastes like nothing or like it's almost like water, then that means that you're deficient in zinc. So you don't have to do blood tests for zinc. So fortunately enough, and I do this in the office, uh, Dr. Ryan can attest to this as well, we do this together. So we are actually testing uh, patients for oral zinc challenges in the, in, the, in the office. We've been doing this for years. And it's really simple just to tell us their, um, their threshold. So you can do this with your kids uh, and, and adults as well so that you make sure you're doing the right dose. Now, there's zinc for children. There's zinc tablets for children. And there's zinc for adults. And then the one side effect about zinc, just so I want to make everybody aware, is it does cause nausea if you take it without meals. So very important, zinc is one of those uh, minerals that you have to take with food um, or else it's going to cause a little bit of nausea. So that's just something to take away. Uh, maybe Dr. Ryan has something to add on that as well. Yeah, it, just to kind of echo that point, we've done uh, intravenous vitamin drips and we're always careful when we do those zinc intravenously to always make that point as well, make sure you've eaten um, just because it can cause nausea, especially when it is dosed uh, in relatively high doses. You mentioned, Dr. Ryan, about uh, interesting how you brought it up about intravenous um, vitamin therapy because that is something that has been very popular right now as well. Um, we're hearing a lot of this and especially some of the research coming out in terms of um, IV vitamin C and then how it stimulates things like glutathione and how this can actually be prevention, if not even treatment for COVID specifically. Um, but I mean, also for the immune system, I mean, let's just uh, don't really want to hone in too much on COVID. I want to talk about the immune system and why vitamin C and glutathione would be important. So maybe you can talk about that because this is a subspecialty of ours that we do in our office. Yeah, so vitamin C and uh, glutathione are both antioxidants in the body, and we've all sort of heard of antioxidants and their importance um, in our immune system. But these two sort of recycle each other. So when they work as antioxidants, they they essentially become pro-oxidants after they're used up in the body. But when they can recycle each other, now they become even more effective, lasting longer, um, having that stronger effect. Vitamin C is involved in so many different things. Uh, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the research, but in terms of, again, cost-effectiveness, it goes right in there with uh, zinc and vitamin D like we talked about before. Um, one of my favorites, one of my go-tos, uh, Tina was asking before about preventatives. Uh, in terms of vitamin D and zinc, vitamin C is in that category as well. And Dr. Ryan, can we get your take on the upcoming cold and flu season, especially with COVID-19 still in our midst? Do you think it's going to be an especially difficult or challenging cold and flu season? I do, unfortunately. I don't I don't want to sound pessimistic, but we, uh, myself and Dr. Mike, do kind of check on the stats every year, and there is a jump in terms of uh, workplace absences, school absences uh, during this time of year, kind of coming into October, uh, straight through the winter into March, there are increased absences, and that's because we are inside more and because we're kind of breathing in the same air uh, due to the cold weather, we're all kind of clumped in uh, in one space. So there is more potential to be getting sick, so it kind of draws more importance, again, towards making sure our immune system is ready to fight uh, when called upon, and, and we have uh, touched on some amazing things that can help help it do that. And you talked about indoors. And when we first started the segment um, previous to you coming on, we, we mentioned about staying outside. Now, I mean, the, the, the temperatures are going to drop. We understand that. But we're in Canada, and this is we get some cold winters ahead. 
And so, of course, you know, for the frail and immunocompromised and the elderly, this is something where, you know, being indoors and being warm by the fireplace or being inside warm in the heat. But for the most part, for the healthy individuals out there, Dr. Ryan, the question I have for you, isn't it best to just try to get outside no matter what, for the most part, so that for many reasons, I mean, but just what are your thoughts? I mean, of course, that's, that's what I... That's what I sort of advocate, and I know we feel the same way, but I'm curious to see if that's your, your thoughts. Because even if it's minus, you know, like 10, you know, you can still get outside, go for a brisk walk. It's cold, but, I mean, if you, you know, put on a parka and, you know, some um, boots, you can get out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, the, I'm not an advocate of winter. I absolutely hate it, but I, uh, you have to break the cold. It, it's important for a number of different reasons, like you said, um, regulating our immune system for one, but also the our hormones function on a 24-hour clock and we respond to to light and dark so our insides know what to respond to and what hormones to release so if we tell our body it's daytime by going outside even if it is overcast we sort of understand a little bit better what time of day it is and it allows our body to be able to respond better and sleep better which is an incredibly important part of the immune system um, that we haven't touched on yet but I think is very important and I think should be uh, mass media news, which it's not, but getting a good night's sleep is so, so important um, for helping our immune system be ready to fight again when it's called upon. And what other healthy habits beyond sleep should we be embracing, especially now? Dr. Mike, do you want to touch on that or do you want me to take that? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think you hit it right on the, um, I mean, you sort of just pinpointed it right away, Dr. Ryan. I mean, you mentioned about sleep and I think, you know, in our last uh, segment, we talked about kids getting to bed early. You know, I was talking to a mom today, and she said, yeah, my son didn't want to go to bed last night because he stayed up till 11 o'clock. Now, for our listeners out there, for our parents that are listening, you know, your child might not want to get down to bed. You know, it's going to be a very challenging, let's say there's set point right now for the summer, and I've seen this. I know what this is like. I have my youngest, my, my young children. I know what this is like. This is a challenging, you know, we've, we've kept our children up till like 11, 12 o'clock, or, you know, we've watched, uh, you know, I've been to the drive-in with my kids where they're just, you know, staying up late, and they can do it. I mean, obviously, but for, for our parents out there who have children uh, as young as I, understand that these children change when they're sort of tired, right? It's that tired child who's whiny, who's cranky, you can't discipline, and these are the types of, and so you have to break that cycle now. So let's say they've accustomed to sleeping in and staying up late, but now they got to wake up at 6 a.m. versus 8 or 9 or 10, and they got to go to bed earlier, and they got to wake up, they got to wake up earlier. So What's happening is that the first week of school is the most challenging because this is where kids are going to get sick the most. You know, people are already coming back with sniffles. And the reason why is because you're trying to, maybe you're out camping uh, uh, for the last uh, sort of summer and you're out, uh, you're out somewhere up north and you're trying to get the last days of summer in and you're keeping your kids up late and you're feeding them sugar and you're doing some marshmallows by the fire and you're keeping them up late and all this kind of stuff. And so what's happening is that as soon as the school starts, you know, maybe they went to bed for the last night, you know, this week, which was late uh, for the last time. But what's happening is that means that they had a short sort of sleep cycle, and that's going to prime their immune system to not sort of, uh, you know, be fighting as well as it should. So like Dr. Ryan mentioned, it's going to be a tough to sort of um, sw- flip the switch on this one, but just get them to bed early, 
even if they're just laying there, trust me, they'll sleep. Try to get them to bed early. You know, people always ask me, what time is early? You know, I think 9 o'clock, and by the way, it's getting dark a lot earlier, so it's a lot easier now, but I think 9 o'clock is like the absolute, depends what time your kids get up, but every 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 kid's got to get up 6, 7 o'clock, so depends how far you have to travel to school or where the bus is or whatnot, but you know, by nine o'clock, I think if your kids are in, in, you know, under grade three, definitely for sure. You know, and if they're if they're staying up playing video games at like ten o'clock, it's too late. You know, you don't want to hit them with a the blue screen right before they go to bed. You know, reading a book is fine as well in their bed, and and just having that restful time, I think, is extremely important. And just getting them to rest because that's when the immune system sort of is priming itself and gearing itself up to fight. I know myself. Uh, you know, a way that I know that my immune system is sort of um, down is, is I, I sleep a lot. So, like, I just, I'll sleep it off. So, like, I'll get to bed at, like, at 10 o'clock. I'll go to bed at 10 o'clock, and I'll wake up, usually I wake up at 6 a.m., and so that's my sleep. But normally, you know, if it's a late night and you want to get to bed at midnight, which is a little late, and six hours is usually not good. So you want to have that, especially for children, you want to have that 8 to 10-hour window. That's when they need to sleep. So that's an actual time. And secondly... You touched on it, Dr. Ryan. One of my favorite vitamins that we haven't mentioned really, but you talked about it in terms of IV and how it recycles glutathione, the antioxidant vitamin C. So right now is the time that all of us need to consume vitamin C. Now we can take vitamin C-rich foods, and as long as you're eating the vitamin C-rich foods, you're good, and that's our oranges. You know, vitamin C-rich foods are oranges. There's also mangoes that are really rich in vitamin C. Um, You can have them in uh, more citrus types of fruits, Okay, um, but don't forget, you know, um, you can supplement with this as well. And this is where I think it's important because it's an antioxidant. It's going to cycle through and help your body. And there are children's forms of vitamin C as, as well as adults, so it's easy to gauge. Well, that's great. And you mentioned fruits there. Do you have other suggestions in terms of our diets for adults and children to keep us healthy and maybe avoid, you know, the runny nose and the sore throat? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, um, last night, I'll just tell everybody, I mean, last night I made my kids um, my form of a milkshake. And I can, I hope my kids don't listen to this session because they'll actually know what's inside their milkshake. Um, because what was in their milkshake was actually not, there, there was no milk at all. Oh. It was uh, coconut ice cream. Um, so I made them, a, my, Dr. Mike's form of a milkshake is as follows. <laughs> coconut ice cream. Just by, I would say, uh, a quarter of, uh, of, of um, you know, so I, I diced the, uh, so the coconut ice cream comes in little um, pints, and I think they're approximately about 500 mils. So you use a quarter of that, a handful of blueberries, half a banana, and um, you can use some coconut milk just to give it that thickening, um, or rice milk, depending on, you know, um, depending on your child's, uh, you know, you want to stick coconut to coconut or sometimes it's rice, but I switched it up. Anyway, you blend it, you put it in the smoothie, and it's, they thought they had, the, my kids came out to me and they said, oh my God, Dad, this was the best milkshake we ever had in my life. Oh my God, did you use milk? What did you use? I said, I couldn't tell you. I didn't tell them what it was, but they loved it. <laughs> you got to be one for me. <laughs> so my point, my point is, is that, you know, I love the blueberries. I love the power um, of, um, you know, the antioxidants in the blueberries. Um, but there's a lot of different fruits and vegetables that are really good. So cantaloupe is one of my personal favorites. 
because, you know, it's a vitamin. It is also a vitamin, high in vitamin C, but a lot of vitamins, uh, one vitamin that we didn't talk about, which is vitamin A, which Dr. Ryan, I'm sure he loves as well, but we both love vitamin A. Vitamin A is hugely important for the immune system, and then it's in the orange pigmented fruits and vegetables, okay? So cantaloupe is rich in that. Plus, don't forget that cantaloupe has a, a substantial amount of potassium, so, you know, we talked about the oranges and the grapefruit. I'm not a big fan of grapefruit because it does block a little bit of the, um, the liver from detoxifying. Um, but kiwi, mango, we talked about papaya and pineapple. Strawberries are huge as well in vitamin C. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, but then blueberries as well. And then watermelon. Watermelon is an amazing, and right now it's, it's, we're coming to the end of the watermelon season. So get them while they're, uh, quote, unquote, while they're hot because they're, they're still in the stores, and you can grab them, and they're so ripe right now. Um, so watermelon is very interesting. So you know it has a lot of the vitamin C, but something really important that it has uh, is lycopene, okay? And this also is very strong and high in tomatoes. So tomatoes has a lot of vitamin C, and it also has um, the lycopene as well, which is really important for prostate health uh, for men. Um, and so it's very, very protective for prostate cancer. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we touch on this in our shows in November, Tina, when we talk about um, prostate health awareness uh, month. But uh, just it's it's really great. And kids love watermelon. It's really easy. Um, and of course, if you it's a diuretic, so go easy on it. And especially don't give it to the kids too late at night. I think this is a, a lesson to be learned for all parents. Um, diuretics like watermelon are great because the diuretic means it just flushes the kidneys out. But it also, if you give it to your kid really too late, you know, they'll definitely pee their bed and know they don't have a problem. It's just they can't hold it because of the diuretic uh, that's actually naturally incurring in the, in the watermelon. Good tips once again, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Dr. Ryan, thank you for being here. And Dr. Mike, just before we wrap up the show, if our listeners want to connect with you or Dr. Ryan at Apple Med, where can they find you? Yeah, they can come, uh, they can visit us at uh, applemed.ca or they can uh, see us on Instagram at Apple Med Clinic. They can call the office at 905-303-4622. And either one of us are uh, more than ready to help anybody just uh, fight uh, and get ready for this cold and flu season. And uh, we look forward to possibly hearing from anybody. Previous episodes of Health is Wealth on 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.